know, let's take a minute this morning and do just that. Let's take a minute and pray for our country. God has blessed America in a lot of ways, and America has been a blessing to the world in a lot of ways. And uh, although we, I'm sorry, unfortunately you're in the dark. Uh, sorry, we're having a few light trouble problems this morning. But um, let's pray that God will use this country for his kingdom and his glory and his good. Would you just bow your head with me? And those of you who are believers, would you begin just to agree with me as I pray? Lord Jesus, today we turn our hearts and minds away from the evil in this world. We turn our, our attention away from the darkness and the, um, and the abuse and the crime and the problems. And Lord, we turn our attention to you. And we ask you, Lord, that you would turn our nation's attention to you. Lord, away from the drama and the brokenness of the day, but on to a redeemer and a healer and a soon coming king. Lord, we pray today that you would put our focus and our heart and our eyes back on you. We pray, Lord, from the highest office to the lowest place that your presence would flow and redeem the, redeem the lost, heal the broken, and Lord, uh, repair the systems of our country that direct and guide and control so many things. Lord, we ask you today that you would be the one that would intervene in this nation's history at this point. We acknowledge today there is no governmental answer. There is no party that's going to fix it. There is a God who supremely rules over everything. And you are the Lord. You are the King. You are the healer. You are the answer. You are the source. And so today we lay down our sins. We lay down our own way. And we turn back to you. So, Lord, do a work in this country. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 It's so good to have you here today on uh, 4th of July weekend. We're continuing our series this morning. We've called Viral. And we've called it Viral because when something goes viral, it makes an impact. Right? It, it spreads. It impacts people. We traditionally think about this word viral when it comes to diseases, how diseases are airborne or waterborne or however they begin to move. It's not uncommon in our, in our day and age that we'll get a recall. I think the last recall was on, you know, bib lettuce or spinach or something. You know, there's always a recall on some kind of food because it's been infected with something because something has gone viral. Now, this is kind of a throwback, but... I can remember one of the first um, really viral live events I saw in my life. Maybe, maybe you remember this because it, it was in real time. Now, how many of you, you'd had to have been alive, you know, 25 years ago to even remember this, or maybe, maybe it's even longer now, but how many of you followed O.J. Simpson's white Bronco down the interstate? Come on now, come on, it's okay. Confess your sins, come on, here we go, yeah, right? You remember that? Could not turn the TV off and that dumb white Bronco just kept going and going and going You're like where is he going it's OJ Simpson this isn't supposed to be happening you know what happened yeah and, and so that went viral if LeBron James will ever pick a team that will go viral right I mean it'll be I mean the second 
The second it happens, you'll be getting notifications popping up on your phone, and the rest of the NBA will drop like a house of cards. When the World Cup is decided, well, we've seen some upsets. Germany's out, if you've been following that. When the World Cup is decided, you better believe it will explode. It will move organically. People will be talking about it on job sites, in the office. You'll see it on Facebook and social media. Viral, um, this is the first generation that viral is not usually talked about in terms of a disease, but as a video or a meme. And so viral is when something uh, changes what people talk about. When something goes viral, it's begin to disrupt people's conversation. It changes the way people live, maybe disrupts their schedule or what they share. This summer, we've been studying the book of Acts, and we've called this series viral because the way the first church moved, the way Christianity spread, the way faith in Jesus organically moved through the earth, it went viral. Acts is the history of the first 30 years of the first church on earth. The first church on earth spread from 120 people to 32 countries and 54 cities and 9 islands in 30 years. Now that's remarkable considering there's no mass transportation, there's no gasoline-powered engines, there's no airplanes, there's no internet, there's no newspaper. But it spread, it went viral. The good news about Jesus spread around the world, and here's how it happened. Changed people change the world. Go ahead and try to change the world and not change yourself. It's not going to work. Changed people change the world. Now, I brought a little map this morning so you could see uh, how, how, if you've been tracking with us in the book of Acts, from Acts chapter 1, now we're in Acts chapter 8 today, how the, how the, um, the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts chapter 1 on those 120 believers, and they begin to spread the, the faith uh, all throughout uh, the surrounding area. So if you'll take a look at the map, uh, Shazam. Thought I, I thought I had one up there, sorry. Must not have loaded it right. So if we had a map today, here's how it would look. You would see this little dot for Jerusalem that is the city of Jerusalem. And just around it is Judea and Samaria. And on a map, it's a, it looks like a small geographic area. And then you can see this giant circle starting at Acts chapter 8 now. The gospel is starting to leave the city of Jerusalem. It's starting to move out into the countryside, into other cities, into, into Judea and into Samaria. And then from now on, as we march through the book of Acts, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go to these other 54 cities and all of that. Now, it would look like on a map it hadn't spread very far. However, it really is a more dramatic change than it looks because it has moved to Judea and Samaria and the gospel's beginning to cross cultural lines, social lines, religious lines, language barriers. It's really starting to spread out. And so this is really a big deal and a dramatic move. The book of Acts is all about taking the gospel to unreached people. That was Jesus' mission. 
After Jesus died and he was resurrected from the dead and he went to heaven, he gave that mission to the first church that he left behind. And he's never taken it back. That mission still belongs to the church today. Every Christian on earth still has that mission because Jesus never took it back. If you're a believer today, you've been given by Jesus the same mission he gave those early disciples. Now this is a really important thought because we all have family, we all have friends, we all have people who we love who are in bondage to sin and brokenness and also Generation Z. Somewhere around 19 years old and down, this is the first generation in American history that is post-Christian. So the future of America is moving at lightning speed away from God, away from Jesus, away from Christ. And all we have to do is sit and watch and allow time to go by and do nothing. And just because the first generation that's post-Christian becomes adults, it'll just keep moving. How many of you believe, though, God wants his faith, God wants the church to go viral again? Do you believe that? I believe that. So, how can we see people's lives changed? If you're taking notes this morning... I'll give you a few thoughts. If you're not taking notes, you can't go to heaven. No, I'm just joking. You really can. But if you want to take a few thoughts down, number one, how do we see the gospel go viral? Number one, hear God's voice. Hear God's voice. One of the things we see as we study the book of Acts, it's the normal behavior and pattern of New Testament Christians to hear from God. That's normal. Unfortunately, a lot of Christians would say they've never heard from God or they can't remember the last time they heard from God. Too often we think about hearing from God as a special event. This is a special, this is, you know, unusual. I I don't know what your background is, but a lot of my church background was sort of old school, dry, you know, let's just work it out, let's just be kind of faithful, just be faithful. Of course there's a truth there. But there's more than that. God speaking in my, in my frame of reference was kind of like waiting for Santa Claus. Hoping that something good would happen. You know, if you're really good, if you work really hard, if you don't cause a lot of problems, once you've exhausted all other means, just before you're about to throw in the towel, if you're about one inch from death, just stay faithful and God might just speak to you and help you through it. That's kind of the frame of reference that legalistic Christianity gives us. It's like God communicating to you is a reward for being, for persevering or a last resort. But I want to tell you this morning, as you read the book of Acts, you see a very different pattern. The Holy Spirit leading the New Testament disciples was not an event, it was a lifestyle. So I know some of you are here this morning, you know, for a variety of reasons. You came to honor someone in your family, you, you maybe got drugged here by a friend, maybe you're a guest, maybe you've been here a long time. Everybody's here for a different reason this morning, but some of you are here today because you're hoping that God can speak to you in your marriage, in your finance, 
in your situation, that maybe God can speak to you in your health. I've got good news for you today. You are in the right place. God wants to talk to you. He wants to speak to you. He loves you and he is talking to you. There are 66 books in the Bible written by 40 different authors across 1,500 years that lived in three different continents. And every book of the Bible basically says the same thing. God talks. God speaks. God communicates. God reaches out. God cares about you. God loves you. Yes, there's distance. Yes, there's a gap between us and God. But God wants to close that gap through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, having said that, how do you hear God's voice? If that's the thing, if that's what makes faith go viral, is hearing God's voice, how do you do it? Here's how you do it. You become a follower of Jesus. Now, I'm going to go very basic today. You may say, why are you even telling? I want to go very basic because if, if Generation Z is the first post-Christian generation in American history, we got to stop assuming that everybody knows all this stuff. You've got to become a follower of Jesus. John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, what does that mean? That means that every other religion on earth, no matter how noble, no matter how beautiful, no matter how personally helpful to individual people that, that religion might be, it is not a pathway by which we hear God. The only way to connect to God is through Jesus. That's what we just read. The Bible says that Jesus is the only mediator between God and man. So the only way to hear God's voice is to have a real relationship with Jesus Christ and to follow him with all your heart. We're living in an increasingly pluralistic society that changes this conversation. Instead of saying, do you believe in God? If you haven't heard this yet, you're going to hear it soon and more and more often. Well, which God? What do you mean by that? Which God? The Muslim God? The Hindu God? The Christian God? Which God are you talking about? Do I believe in? First, people have to believe that there's a God. And then they got to figure out which one. See, we live in a day of, of a lot of confusion. A lot of times, uh, people, you'll hear people say this because they've been hurt somewhere, somebody's mistreated them, somebody's done something wrong. They've gotten disillusioned, they've gotten frustrated, they got into the church and found out it was full of humans and it blew their mind, short-circuited everything. Like the, the, you have this whole gathering of imperfect people, who would have thought? And, and, and they get wounded and they back up and they say, now pastor, look, I, I'm not very religious, but I'm spiritual. That's like saying, uh, I'm not very athletic, but I have a body. Of course you're spiritual. God created you with a spirit. To admit that you're spiritual is not a unique statement. Every human on earth has a spirit. Every human on earth is spiritual. 
It's not unique because the Bible says that the Ruach of God, the Numa of God, the breath of God, the Spirit of God breathed into Adam at the, at the beginning of time, and the breath of God flows through every one of us. The Spirit of God is there trying to communicate to us and, and respond to the spiritual part of us that he made. The question's not, are you spiritual? The question is, what spirit do you have? That's the question. What spirit are you listening to? To hear God's voice, we must follow Jesus. 1 John 4, 1 says, Dear friends, do not believe. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. So there's a spiritual world, and everything in it's not from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. You have to be very careful what you're listening to. Is the spirit of Jesus behind what you're listening to? The best way to know for sure is to deeply follow Jesus yourself. We've never lived in a time period where there's more confusion, at least in America, I think. And we've never lived in a time period where we need discernment more. We need clarity and discernment because there's a lot of confusion going on out there. Now, now how, do you, how do you follow Jesus? Simple, simple thoughts, regular Bible reading and prayer. I do not know of a mature Christian in world history that did not regularly read their Bible and pray. The more you, because what is the Bible? The Bible is God's voice. And the more you read and listen to his voice in the Bible, the more you will hear it everywhere else. And when you talk to him and have an ongoing relationship with him, you tune in. And then as you read and pray, then you obey what God tells you to do in the word and in your heart. You obey what he tells you to do. Look, it's not like God... Uh, takes good little Christians and pats them on the head and says, now you've been a good boy, you've been a good girl, you've been doing everything I want you to do, so I'm going to reward you by speaking to you. That is not how it works. Here's how it works. God is communicating all the time. And the people who obey him, the people who follow him the closest, hear him better than everybody else. And so if you, if you will obey, if you will respond, if you will follow what he's made clear to you to do, then you're going to have better ears. You're going to have better hearing. So one, hear God's voice. Number two, let God use your voice to speak to others. Now this is where we'll look into Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8 is so jam-packed with with incredible insight, I hope you're reading along with us because there's no way I can, I can even scratch the surface of this chapter. What I do want to do is pull a few of these thoughts out that we see. Let God use your voice to speak to others. Acts chapter 8 verse 4. Those who had been scattered preached the word everywhere they went. That's interesting. Preach the word Everywhere they went. See, outreach is not an event. It's not a ministry. It's a lifestyle. So if I wanted to reach out, where would I go? Where are you already going? That's where you would go. 
That's where God has sent you. Uh, a couple years ago, I, I had a huge privilege uh, to go on a backpacking trip with a, um, with a genuine veteran who happens to be here today. Not military veteran, but veteran backpacker. Uh, Haney, Haney Tackett, who's here, um, when he retired, he hiked the Appalachian Trail. If that doesn't mean anything to you, uh, it doesn't mean anything to me until I understood. It's like over 2,200 miles. You start just across the Georgia line and you pop out in Maine six months later. And uh, I got to go backpacking with Haney. And uh, when you backpack, what's awesome about it is you kind of see how Jesus did things because they walked everywhere they went. And you don't plan to talk about anything, but you talk about a lot of stuff. Because you just talk, you walk and talk. There's nothing else to do. Where are you going to go? There's no mall. You know, what are you going to do? No food court. So you're out there hiking 17 miles, whatever you did. And I was fascinated by this, Haney. Why did you do that? Why, why did, what, what made you think that you wanted to hike six months? I mean, you know, what did you do? I had all these questions. And so Haney tells me that he had been, um, he told me some of his own testimony. And it was so fascinating to me. And I said, Haney, when you hike the Appalachian Trail, six months by himself, uh, and, and then, of course, it's like a little trail highway. You meet people every day, kind of journey with them a little bit, then you'll break off. I said, did, did you ever have an opportunity to share your faith? Here's what he said. Usually about once a day. Once a day for six months? That's phenomenal. And Haney, to me, was such a picture of this verse they preached everywhere they went where do they go wherever they went it didn't matter you're not going to go many places without people wherever you're already going you don't have to have some big organized thing you don't have to plan a bunch of anything just wherever you're going you share what jesus has done in your life see god wants to use your voice now this verse says something interesting. It says, those who had been scattered preached the word everywhere they went. Who, who are those? Who are those? You ever have anybody say to you, well they say, who are these they? Who are all these they that say all these things that we have to respond to? We don't even know who they are. They. Don't give me no they. Give me who. Who are these those had been scattered? You might say, oh, the trained ones. The professional ones. The pastors, the leaders. Let's look. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. If you back up, you can see on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. Which, by the way, is the reason that they left Jerusalem. Had there not been persecution, we don't know if the gospel would have ever made it to Judea and Samaria or anywhere else. It was because Stephen had been stoned to death. People were being persecuted. That they all fled. Watch. And all... Who are those? All, except the apostles, were scattered throughout Judea. So they left kind of the leaders, the original 12. They left them, or 11, now Judas is gone. They left them in Jerusalem. And all the other believers, if you read earlier back in Acts, thousands of people came to faith in Jesus Christ. Thousands. And they all scattered wherever they went throughout the region and as they scattered the gospel went with them which ones of them preached all of them 
All of them preach. Who are those? All of, look, we are those. You are those. We are all those. If you're a believer, you're one of those. See, God doesn't just want to use me. God wants to use you. He wants to use your voice. How did faith in Jesus go viral? Everyone preached. You and I got to get a new definition of preaching, though. Because you, you might be tempted to believe that what preaching is is what I'm doing and nothing else is that. And I'm afraid that preaching has gotten so sophisticated and so, so um, uh, such an art form that we think there's a special class of people that do it, but nobody else does it. In the New Testament, in the book of Acts, the gospel went viral because everybody preached. So what are we going to do? We can take the microphone and take turns and everybody goes around? No. That's not what preaching was defined as in the New Testament. See, you're more likely to reach your friend when you share than I am when I share. Because it's your friend. It's your relative. It's your family member. Most of us are too hesitant to reach out because we feel unqualified. Right? What do you mean preach? I don't mean like this. I mean share. Sharing the gospel. Sharing your testimony. Sharing the good news. Praying for people. Ministering to people. That's preaching. That's how they did it. They didn't have a pulpit. They didn't have a building. They didn't have a, the church didn't have a building for 300 years. They didn't have this. They just, wherever they went. You may say, no, no, I'm, I'm not qualified. No, no, God, I'm not the right person. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know, I don't want to say anything. And we feel like we're going to mess it up or we're going to make it worse. Have you ever had the feeling that you needed to say something for God, but you don't know what to say? Yeah, come on. Like, I, I, I feel, this, I feel this, this little nudge. I feel this little pressure. I, I feel like this isn't just an accident. This isn't just a coincidence that, like, God wants in this moment, but I don't know how to, I don't know how to let him in. And can I just tell you this? That is the perfect time to do it. Because your friend doesn't need to hear from you. Your friend needs to hear from God. And there's a powerful spiritual moment. And when you realize you have nothing to offer and you don't know what to say, you're going to begin to look inside and you're going to begin to go, Oh, Jesus. Holy Spirit, help me now. Help, help me know what to do. Help me know what to say. And you're going to begin to pray. And the Holy Spirit's going to give you something to say. And then you're going to give them Jesus. We're actually at our weakest point when we have advice to give. If, if I could just be completely transparent with you, there have been occasions that I've prayed with people or spoken with people, and when they walked away, I had the feeling, that's not what they needed at all. What was I, what was I doing? What I was doing is I was giving them my advice or my experience or the last time that happened to me, or let me tell you, I've been through that. And that's not what people need. We are at our weakest point when we have advice. We are at our strongest point when we don't know what to do. And we don't know what to say. Because we start to, man, with everything inside of us, we start to listen hard for the Holy Spirit. Because we know, we know this could go bad. You know, I don't want to mess this up. Then we simply say what God has given us to say. And here's what happens. When you're going to share with a friend or 
um, you're praying with a neighbor or you're ministering to someone who's hurting, and all of a sudden you're talking, but then you start to hear God's words come out of your mouth, it's like, I didn't know that. Where did that come from? What made me say that? God is going to use your voice to speak to someone else, and it's an awesome thing. And sometimes it happens uh, like uh, here. Like sometimes when I'm preaching, when I'm talking to you, when I'm teaching, when I'm leading a small group or something, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be talking and saying everything I plan to say, and then all of a sudden some insight will come to my mind, and I'll say it, and it's not my words, it's God's words, and it penetrates the heart, and it is an awesome and a powerful thing. But, but here's the thing. God doesn't just want to do it through me, and he doesn't just want to do it at like 9 and 10.30 on Sunday. He wants to do it through you, and he wants to do it seven days a week. That's how something goes viral. It's not going to go viral in here. It can't go viral from this room. No, no, it's got to move organically in Monday and Friday and midnight and in the morning at 3 o'clock and all of this at the water cooler and a break and Facebook and social media and email and text and on the phone and the coincidence, coincidental meetings. It's got to move all over the place. The same thing will happen to you if you allow God to use your voice. I remember uh, years ago, I, I was, uh, somebody had dropped by, I'd, I'd never met them, they dropped by the church office, and uh, I went out to see them, it was this couple that was real troubled, I, I, if I remember right, I think he had just gotten out of uh, prison or jail, they'd been involved in uh, cocaine and a lot of drug problems, and I'd never met them. And uh, we're standing in the hallway, and I, I don't remember if they were trying to get a little money to get to the next thing, or, and I think they just wanted to talk a little bit. And so I'm standing there, and all of a sudden, I mean, I've been there, you know, uh, less than two minutes, and I'm just trying to figure out, you know, what's going on and what, what I need to do. <laughs> and, and God nudges my heart and, and says, say this. Now, you introverts, you're not going to understand at all what I'm about to say. People like me who are extroverts, we say things and then we think, did I say that out loud? Like, did that, did I think that or was that out there? I, I, I can't, you know, it just, it's like words are coming out and I can't, I, I can't stop them, you know. And, uh, and that's how we get in so much trouble. You're much more, you know, premeditated in your approach. And so, um, She's standing there, and I feel this little nudge, and next thing I know, the words are already coming out of my mouth before I decide if I'm going to say them or not. And I looked at her, and I said, and I think they were really there for him, but I, but I said to her, God is a father, and he's not like the father that you had. And she falls apart. She, she almost falls down. She starts crying so violently she can hardly stand. I didn't know her. I didn't know that. I didn't even know if that was right. But that's what happens. When you let God use your voice, things will come out that you don't know. And it will penetrate the heart, and it will communicate the love of God to a person who needs it. And it has the potential to change a person's life <laughs> and to bring healing 
and restoration and joy. When you let God use your voice, it will grow your faith in a powerful way. And look, some of you have never stepped out on faith. You, you never minister to other people, and as a result, you stay, you stay like a child in faith. Because you never get to hear the Father's voice through you. You never get to hear God's words come out of your mouth. And when that happens, it is a powerful thing. You want to hear from Jesus? I'll tell you how. Tell someone about him. <laughs> you'll hear, you'll, whoo, hold on, hold on. I'm not just hiding in the closet over here. My faith is done going public now. The most powerful tool you have is Jesus and you. What has Jesus done for you? What has he done for you? What did Jesus do for your marriage? What did Jesus do for your depression? What did Jesus do in your family? What did Jesus do at work for you? What did Jesus do inside an addiction? What has Jesus done in your life? Look, whether people accept or reject Jesus, they'll listen to what happened to you. They'll listen. Don't waste the powerful testimony of your own story. Pastor Joel shared so powerfully last week about our story and God's story in us. Don't, don't overlook and underestimate the power of the story God's given you. Changed people change the world. And if your life is changed, why, why would you not want other people to know that? Acts chapter 8, verse 26, that's just what we got out of the first two verses. So we can't do it all, but let me, let me kind of wrap it up at the end. This is a story of Philip the evangelist who is sent by the Holy Spirit to another place. And he shares his faith one-on-one -on -one with this other person. And that's what I want to explain. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Okay, so he's hearing God's voice. Go south of the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Kandeke, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Now, Time out. Let's unpack some of this. Philip heard God's voice, take the desert road, so he obeyed God, right? He followed God's voice. When you follow God's voice, divine appointments are waiting for you. The man was reading the book of Isaiah trying to understand it. He was, he was a Gentile who had uh, converted to uh, Judaism, who had become a Jew, uh, but he probably wasn't Jewish by ethnicity. He was from Ethiopia, but, but he's not accepted Jesus yet. Okay, so now, now here's the thing. This man is reading the book of Isaiah, under uh, standing in his chariot, trying to understand what does this mean. Do you know that right now you have a neighbor or a coworker or a family member or a friend, somebody in your life who will be sitting right next to you, maybe this week, and in their heart they're going to be saying, "God, where are you? Do you care?" Do you see what I'm going through? Are you real? 
I need your help. And God's going to send you maybe this week to sit right next to them. And God wants to use your voice to share his words to that person. And when you do, it has the potential to change their life forever. But their life won't change if you don't speak. When is the last time you took a risk? When is the last time you stepped out and said, I don't really know if this is right or wrong, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to share this. Acts 8, verse 30. Then Philip ran up to the chariot, so he's still following, and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked? Now look, you may think, wait, 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 time out, time out. If I was walking down the street and there was somebody standing under a shade tree reading the book of Isaiah, hello, even I would get that. I'd go talk to them. Wait, wait, wait. Before you think this is easy, let's get the context right. This is the second most powerful person in Ethiopia. The fact that he's standing in a chariot tells us that he was royalty. So, so let, let's paint the picture in a modern context. And imagine that you see the vice president of Mexico sitting in a Rolls Royce underneath the shade tree with the windows down, reading something out loud, and you can't tell what it is. The Holy Spirit says, run over there and stand by the car. Now it's not easy, is it? That's what was going on. If you follow the story of the Ethiopian man, he becomes a Christian, Philip baptizes him in water, and according to church history, he goes back to Ethiopia and he becomes a missionary to his own people. You know why? Because changed people change the world. It's never easy, but it's worth it. Hear God's voice, let God use your voice. Here's the last point. See God's blessings the only thing the only blessing greater than finding Jesus yourself is helping someone else to find him that does not know him that's the only thing greater than the joy of your life will be multiplied when you know that you've been part of someone else finding Jesus a few minutes ago, we read how everyone had scattered but the apostles. Remember that? Now, this is a nuance, but it is a huge shift that started in this point of Acts and changed everything. Remember, everybody shot out of Jerusalem but the apostles. The apostles are first-generation Christians. Watch this. Philip and Stephen, who was martyred, and all the other gang that we read about last week, they are second-generation Christians. They have come to faith in Jesus Christ as a result of the apostles and the disciples. If you read the first part of chapter 8, you'll see how miracles were happening and Philip was sharing the good news everywhere he went. And now Philip, who's a second generation Christian, is sharing faith and now we have third generation Christians. So, so faith is going viral and the Bible says, and there was great joy in that city. The next time we see Philip, in the, we'll see him one more time in the entire Bible after this event. The next time is 20 years later. Acts 21 8, look, leaving the next day, he reached Caesarea and stayed at the house of Philip the Evangelist, one of the seven. Here he is, 20 years later. Look at verse 9. He had four unmarried daughters 
who prophesy. You know what someone who prophesies is? They're a person who allows God to use their voice. Is there any surprise that now a third generation of Christians coming directly from Philip are people who allow God to use their voice? This past week or a week ago, I was at our beach camp with our teenagers and um, I, I posted, some of you saw, I posted a video after the first night that showed the worship service and it was incredible. And at the end of the week, we had the joy of baptizing 11 of those teenagers in water, which was just awesome. But after I, I shot that post out there on Facebook, somebody hit me on Messenger and said, Hey, I'm going to be in your area um, tomorrow. Is there any way we can meet? And I looked at the name. It was a guy named Hunter I haven't seen in 20 years who was in our youth group when we were in Florida in the 90s. And I thought, wow, yeah, that's... That's incredible. Hunter had had uh, some challenges in his life, and I still remember when Hunter came to faith in Jesus. Like, I still remember what happened to him. He, his demeanor changed. Uh, he had an encounter with God. That's all I can describe. And we met for lunch. I met he and his wife. They're expecting a child. And we got a chance just to talk and catch up for 20 years. And he said to me, he said, I want you to know how big of an impact you made on my life. He came from a, a blended family and he was the oldest and there was a lot of issues from his past. And he said, I, you, you were my mentor. And I said, Hunter, I, I, I didn't know that. He said, you made such an impact on my life and my faith is what it is today because of the impact you had on my life. Here's what he told me. He said, I still remember how you taught me to do my devotions. And he said, I'm still doing my devotions that way today. 20 years later. He and his wife have adopted a troubled um, girl who's been in foster care and everything else. And they just feel that God has called them to adopt her. And I said, why? Why do you? And they said, she's never known love in her life and we want her to know God's unconditional love and she would ask them there's no reason you should care about me they said but we do why? because we do we just love you we just love you and they've had issues but they believe it's their mission I can't tell you the joy to see the faith that lived in those before me and then lived in me and now lives in him, and now they're trying to pass on to this young girl who they've adopted. That is the greatest joy that you'll ever know. So this is how faith in Jesus went viral. So I got two questions for you this morning. Has your life changed? And if it has, has anyone else's life changed because God has used you to be a part of it. That's how faith goes viral. So here's how I want to close this morning. Um, if, you'll, if you'll give me five minutes, I'm, I'm going to let you out. But I, there's something special on my heart I want to do this morning. But it's going to take a few minutes to do. Okay? So what I want to ask is I want everyone to stand. And I want to ask you if you are um, 
say between 10 years old and 30 years old, right? Between 10 years old and 30 years old, I want you to come um, come to the front here and uh, those, since you're young, you can help us. I want to ask you if you can take the front row of chairs and stack them back one. So if you're, if you're sitting, you know, near the front, can you, just, can you just stack them on top of each other and then move them back? And then everybody between 10 and 30, I want you to come on stage. I want you to come on stage. Is, is the worship team, you guys ready? Okay. This will be a lot. Hey, it'll be messy. That's kind of how things go viral, right? Hey, welcome. Welcome, guys. Come on up. Between, between 10 and 30. Yeah, come on up. Come on up. Hey, you're going to have to go back some because there's more of you. Isn't that awesome? Can I tell you, God is moving among the young people in this church. Do you see that? Do you see that? The large, isn't that great? I'm telling you. Come on up. Hey, Fred. Yeah. Come on, from the balcony, we'll wait for you. Not going to embarrass you or anything. It's hard to get embarrassed in a crowd that size. We took the largest group we've ever taken in Kingwood history to our beach camp, 110 people. It was fantastic. Youngest group we've ever taken on a mission trip was this this uh, past a few weeks ago to Honduras. All right. Now what I want to ask is if you've been a Christian for over 30 years, I want you to come and stand right here. Would you come if you've been a Christian over 30 years? I want you to come and stand right here. You got to come. You got to come all the way up. All the way up. spread out it's gonna it's gonna be a lot over 30 years come on up from the balcony yeah yeah come on see here's what you're starting to see when I said see God's blessing it's what, it's what you're seeing it's what you're starting to see right now seeing God's blessing okay so here's the deal faith goes viral when it moves from one generation to another. This is where the passion in the church is. This is where the wisdom in the church is. If you put passion with wisdom, you've got a combination that will rock the world. You try all the new stuff. I hope you do. I hope you like mess up a bunch of stuff. I hope you do. Here's why. Here, let me tell you why. If you're not, you're not trying. It's all right. Make a mistake. It's okay. Just do it in Jesus' name, right? But look, but look at this. It, it would take Clark to tell us how many combined centuries there are of faith right here. If you've all been saved over 30 years, there's some depth. There's some foundation. There's some roots in this church, right? But it will die if it doesn't go to the second and third and fourth generation. Right? It's got to move. It's got to move. Now here's the thing. Here's, here's the passion. Here's the wisdom. All you out there are like, why would I come today? Watch. You're the strength. You're the strength. 
You're the muscle. You're somewhere between here and there. And if you take the passion with the strength and the wisdom, man, you've got a lethal combination that will rock the world viral. So here's what I want to do. We're all jammed in here. When do we get to do this? Never. So here's what I want to do. We're going to sing a worship song together. And what I want you to do as we sing is I just want you to worship God and rejoice in the blessings that you're seeing because faith is going viral from one generation to another. That's what's happening. That's what you're seeing, right? And so, um, would you put the would you put the words to this song on the screen? It's the one we sang earlier. I belong to you. If you're up here, okay, okay. Before you sing it, you called me out of darkness. You silence every lie, and no other voice will define me. I belong to you. You called me out of darkness. You silence every lie. And no other voice will define me because I belong to you. That's, that's what we talked about this morning, isn't it? So come on, worship team. You probably can't even see them. But would you, from generation to generation to generation, would you just lift your voice and let's sing it together this morning? Go ahead, worship team. Lord, we worship you today. We bless you. We love you today. We thank you for your grace and goodness. Where you call me out of darkness
Hey, before we leave today, I just want to have a couple minutes of prayer. Those of you who've walked with the Lord over 30 years, we need you because we need wisdom. Those of you in between, we need you because we need strength. To you guys, we need you because we need passion. We need passion. And that's what you bring. So here's what I want you to do. As you're standing here, I want you to pray for those in the in-between. Those of you in the in-between, I just want you to stretch your hands this way and pray for this group right here. And let's ask the Lord that his faith is going to keep going viral in all of us. Lord Jesus, I thank you for everyone here that's in the 30 and above. And I thank you for the legacy of faith that they are, they are leaving footprints that is good to follow. And I thank you for the wisdom and the experience and the, and the, and the um, uh, insight that you put into them. God, I pray they would be a guide and a foundation. And Lord, for those who are in the in-between, I thank you for the strength that you've put into them. And I, I pray, Lord, with the hustle and bustle and the busyness of life, you would help them to stay together, that marriages would stay together and families would stay together. And not just together, but they would thrive, that there would be peace and effectiveness and that the, the culture wouldn't drag them off and chew them up. And Lord, we pray for those under 30 who are younger and newer in faith. God, I pray that in their hearts you would birth dreams. Lord, great dreams. That, that you could use them, that you could speak through them. That you put inside them visions and dreams and ideas and plans that are going to drive the church viral. Lord, bless them today. Guide them and knit us together for your glory and kingdom. In Jesus' name. Jesus name if you believe God is taking this church viral would you come on one time before we leave and just thank him with everything you got come on and thank him come on and thank him